Matthew Libertor. Matthew is with us now in the fast lane. Good to have you with us, and uh, welcome. Likewise. Thank you guys for having me. Who won the battle yesterday? Now, totally random, I'm sure, for everybody involved, that you on the backfields had to face uh, Nolan Gorman. Who won? Um, I wouldn't say there was really a winner or a loser. Um, we weren't even it. keeping count. <laughs> Um, so it wasn't like I could strike him out or he could ground out or whatever, and there are obviously no fielders. Um, so he, he hit one slider up the middle um, that I thought would be a ground ball to second base if there were fielders. And then um, and he his, thought it was going to be a single probably. Uh, no, that one that one he agreed with me. And then uh, in, the, in his last at-bat, we just did like five pitch at-bats. Yeah. Um, in his second at-bat, um, he swung under a curveball and popped it up into – like right center, and he said the wind was blowing in, so he thinks it probably would have maybe gone over the fence if it wasn't, but I don't agree. Now, <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, now, now, again, for, for those that, that don't know this or, or don't remember, you guys like best buddies growing yep. up. Hey, when was the last time you actually had faced him? Because you guys were on teams together, correct? Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, the last time I faced him was uh, senior year of high school and we played at Grand Canyon University. Um, it was like three quarters of the way into the season, right before playoffs were going to start, and uh, we played at, at a university for whatever reason. I think it was just because we were the biggest rivalry in the state of Arizona, and I think that was the last time I faced him. That's 2018, probably in like March or April. It really wasn't that long ago, actually. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> young kids, man. They're t- they're talented. <laughs> I know. I'm interested, uh, and we're going to get into Cardinal Camp and relationships and the fact that you told Adam Wainwright to beat it the other day, which uh, was totally made (laughs) up. Yeah, okay. Uh, But I want to go through the emotions of a a trade in general. You you always hear rumors, and look, you can't get away from them. Nowadays, uh, there's Twitter, Instagram, everybody's an insider. What were the emotions like for you? Did you hear your name before it was, uh, before it happened, when it happened? What did you go through? Um, honestly, I don't think I could have asked for the trade to go down in a better way. Um, normally, like you said, yeah, there are tons of rumors and you start hearing stuff through the media and through, you know, third party sources that aren't directly from the team, um, which is obviously not a good way to find out about things, um, in this sort of business. So what happened for me was I had just finished a workout at the facility I train at and I got in the car and my, I'd missed a call from my agent. So I just called him back thinking he was checking up on me and he was like hey what's going on um you know just hearing some rumors from reporters that your name's been thrown around in a trade but not likely to happen only reason i called you is to tell you to not decline any calls from random numbers today so i was like okay whatever no big deal call my dad i was like hey did my agent call you garrett and he was like yeah i just spoke with him so we were just talking about like what it would look like if something did happen not five minutes after i call my dad i get a call from a random number and I was like, well, Garrett told me not to decline this, so I'll talk to you in a minute. Answer the phone. It was the front office personnel at the Rays, and it was a little more personable, but basically he said, we're making a trade today, and you're a part of it. And uh, I was like, oh, uh, okay, and put the phone down, called my dad back, told him that I was getting traded, but I didn't know who it was to yet. Before I got to my apartment, it was like a 20-minute ride back. Before I got back, my phone was already blowing up with text messages saying congratulations, mm-hmm. and it, I was responding to my teammates with the Rays like, thanks but who did i get traded to come on well okay so i knew that it could be a couple of teams but i wasn't sure which one it have it was and when the front office personnel at the rays called me they hadn't they didn't know either because it wasn't finalized yet they just knew that a trade was going to happen and so i was texting my teammates back and was like thanks but who is it to and they all said the cardinals and then i finally started seeing the tweets and first first reaction was that i get to play with nolan again 
and I was super excited. And so I called my dad, told him, told my mom, called Nolan. He was too busy playing mini golf, but <laughs> happens. He did win. He did win, so it's worth That's it. That's good, yeah. Right. Um, and then I finally got a hold of him. I was like, dude, you're not going to believe it. We're teammates again. And it was just, it's been like living a dream ever since then. So I feel you like got, I've been floating. You got to tell him. Yeah, yeah. I got to tell him. He he said that he had heard something, but he was like, oh, yeah, whatever, and just kind of dismissed it like it was no big deal. And then when I called him, he was like, no way. And I was like, yeah, look at Twitter. And he looked, and he's like, bro, that's crazy. I'm so <laughs> excited. <laughs> Matthew Libertor with us on 101 ESPN. Matthew, you mentioned that you called your dad first and spent a lot of time talking to him. How much of an influence was your dad on your career? Or um, has he been so far, at least? I think the the relationship and the bond that my dad and I have is really special. Um, he's my dad, but, you know, we're also best friends. Um, so I call him and talk to him almost every day, especially since I've been here and having all these super cool experiences, and I want to share those with him. Um, he was fortunate enough to own his own business and become completely paperless by the time I was, like, 11 or 12 years old. Um, so all the summer circuits I did, all the club ball and traveling, you know, I'd spend months in Florida down here at a time playing with my summer team. He, he could travel. Every trip I went on, he came. Every hotel I stayed in, he was there, driving me to all my games, watching me pitch, never missed an outing. Um, and, you know, it goes all the way back to even when I was younger than that, going out in the backyard and playing catch every day and him dragging me out there and me dragging him out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is just always a really, really cool bond. I spent so much time with him on and off the field that I, we created a bond that I really don't think many kids get to have with their parents. So he's been extremely instrumental in my development and, also who I am as a person today. You got to get them to move in with you down here. That sounds pretty good. Get somebody to make your, make your breakfast, do all the stuff. You mentioned some of the cool experiences, Matthew. Like, uh, since you've been here, been around camp, what are some of those experiences? Because the Cardinals do a very good job of bringing back alumni, Ozzie Smith in there, Chris Carpenter we were talking about before we started here. I mean, what are some of the cool experiences that you've had? Um, I mean, meeting the guy that you guys are just interviewing um, was probably up there for close to number one. Him and, you know, Yachty, I've grown up watching them play since I was, I don't even know how old, um, you know, before I was really even serious about baseball. And so, you know, walking into a clubhouse with two guys that I've grown up, you know, as having them as role models, it's pretty surreal to meet those guys and shake their hand and, you know, maybe get to throw a bullpen or something at Yachty at some point and watch Adam Wainwright go about his stuff and, and then meeting all the other guys, you know, Jordan Hicks, Jack Flaherty, I mean, all the big leaguers are really great guys. Um, and then going out and getting to be on the field with those guys and seeing the stuff that doesn't happen on TV, go down and getting to talk to them and pick their brains a little bit, it's awesome. And, you know, I've, Jack Flaherty's been super nice to me, sat down for me with like, sat down with me for like two hours the other day and just talked about like his routine and what he does on a day-to-day basis in between starts and it's been awesome so far. I have to believe as a teenager, as a Diamondbacks fan probably, you watch a lot of Paul Goldschmidt too, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I haven't gotten the opportunity to mingle with him too much yet. But, yeah, I mean, I've, that's another guy that I've grown up watching play since he was with the D-backs. You, you feel comfortable enough to, to go to a veteran and say, hey, I've got, I've got this question or, or talk to me about this or whatever? Because I think some guys feel like they, they can't do it or they're – they're just not quite comfortable enough to do it when they yeah. first get to camp. I mean, I was definitely a little timid when I first showed up. You know, I don't want to walk straight over to the big leaguers and be like, hi, I'm Matthew Obertor, nice to meet you. I got all these questions for you. Um, but as I kind of just walked around and went about my business and playing catch and warming up and stuff, they started talking to me. 
Um, and then guys like Dakota Hudson came up and was like, hey, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to ask. Like, we have an open clubhouse here. All the guys are really cool. You know, nobody's going to make fun of you. There's no stupid questions that you can ask. And, you know, feel free to ask away. And so, you know, I got invited to go to dinner with a couple of them last night. And, you know, it was nice to be able to sit down and be able to talk to them. And I felt included in the conversation. You know, they've made me feel very at home so far. You know, and then you guys were talking, you and BT, during the break about how clubhouses are a little bit different now. Where mm-hmm. being a younger player, you feel like you have, have more of a voice. Is that – how much of a good thing is that for baseball, that, that younger players generally feel like they can speak up more than maybe it used to be 10, 20 years ago? Um, I think it's definitely a good thing um, just because that – if you go to – either extreme obviously it's too bad but you know if a guy walks into the clubhouse and the manager and a team and a fan base expecting him to be an impact player and he has to worry about um you know being comfortable in his own skin in the clubhouse i think it makes it a little more difficult to go out on the field and compete so the fact that players can walk into a clubhouse now not necessarily immediately have authority or respect from all his all of his teammates but he doesn't have to worry about establishing himself, improving himself to everybody. He can just walk in and be comfortable who he, with who he is and go out on the field and compete and not have to worry about those kind of things. I think that's really good. But I also think that having a little bit of that hierarchy of you're a veteran, you don't have much service time, whatever, is a good thing because you want to – obviously success leaves clues, so you want to learn from the guys who have paved the way and the guys who have you know, kind of set that trend and are setting the legacy for the club. Well, where did you get that from? Success leaves clues. I really like that. Um, I like that a lot. It's something that my pitching coach, John Heising, has said to me um, for a long time. Um, it's brilliant. We've studied a lot of the greats. We've watched a lot of old-timers that have played, and we've studied a lot of Bob Gibson video. Um, and I know he comes around here quite a bit. Um, so he just has always been a big believer in, you know, success leaves clues study what the best do that's cool that's awesome now uh, i i know that you probably saw it via social media like people are excited they're pumped up that you're part of the cardinal organization and you probably have learned this uh cardinal fans know their organization top to bottom they know their prospects is not just the big league level for you coming in this year 2020 new organization uh not necessarily like your goals for the year but i mean what do you expect coming into this season for you um i expect to learn a lot honestly um you know, being in big league camp, it's super cool because I get to be with a lot of the guys who are having a lot of success right now every single day. Um, you know, so I get to watch them go into the weight room or what they do on a day-to-day basis in between starts. Um, and then once spring training breaks or, you know, I go down to minor league camp or whatever ends up happening, um, you know, hopefully I have established a little bit of a relationship with those guys and are their guy they turn into guys that I can you know bounce questions off of during the season kind of help me get through some of the struggles of a full season and travel and bus rides and minor league lifestyle and all that kind of stuff and uh you know I'm just looking to go out and compete and trying to perform to the best of my abilities to help the team Matthew we heard the uh, the story that you told about how much Nolan could eat as a as a young guy a legendary appetite yeah I mean we both we both had a pretty good appetite for a little while and we were younger in our preteen years I like guess 12 years say. old yeah. So, yeah how much how much did you guys eat tell us how much uh just to put in perspective, there's one night. This is probably the most anybody <laughs> ever ate. Um, he came over, and we made uh, penne ala vodka and garlic bread, like the store-bought garlic bread. And he ate six bowls of the 
pasta and it was like 19 like strips of garlic bread that are like that <laughs> and the next morning he woke up and uh my parents had one of those like iron press waffles mm-hmm. and i think he ate six of those <laughs> what that's very he's impressive gotta feed never, the beast he'd never done it since and he never did it before that so i don't know what happened to him that day but he uh, had an empty stomach what, for sure. What about you? Could you hang with him in terms of eating? Yeah, most of the, the time, just not that day. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> just uh, obviously, if you guys uh, end up in the same place, are are, are you roomy? Are you roomies down here? Yeah, we're living together. Me, him, and uh, Luke and Baker are sharing. Right on. Apartment. That's great. That's good. a good setup right yeah. there. Yeah. Well, we're going to let you get to work. We thank you so much for stopping by, thank and uh, welcome to Jupiter. And glad you're with us here on 101 ESPN. Thank you. I'm excited.